Kia ora, welcome to Asian and Aotearoa. I'm Jenna and in this episode I catch up with David Correos. David is an award-winning comedian of Filipino descent and here we talk about creativity, risk-taking, hitting rock bottom, bouncing back and loads more. This was legitimately a crack-up experience for me so I hope you enjoy it. Be a... And did you think so? Oh, you've really gone far back. Yeah, I was like, you've I was really like, gone to the archives. Mm, you can tell, I can tell who you have friendships with, and who the ones I'm like, okay, these are like kind of like people you know a little bit about. I found yeah. it really interesting. Oh, really? I found, I found the Give Jack, me your insight. yeah, Jack Wounds yeah. episode was yeah. fucking cool. I thought that was a really interesting one. I what thought, did you like about it? I liked that I agreed with him. I, I agree a lot. I think the big theme that kind of all comes out is like no one wants to put their Asian-ness yeah. at, the front, at the front of it. Yeah. Or people don't want to or they're sick of it. Yeah, they're sick of it. Yeah. But it's like sometimes as an Asian, like for, for me, of like, oh, I feel like we're already starting. But no, no, no. <laughs> yeah. no, 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 no I want to just talk about this. Like, um, but yeah, it's like as an Asian performer who doesn't put their Asian. Oh, I, tr- I, I, I wrestle with it a lot of like where my Asianness is. But it's just really interesting to be like, oh, everyone's kind of in the same boat. I thought I kind of just quietly went through that by myself. I mean, like a lot of that comes from how I compare my work with James Roque because we're both Filipino comics. And yeah. so it's like we're two heads of this, we're two sides of the same coin, but we've, ref- but we've both got an important, no one's also like fucking comedy is important, but we both like are serving something, you know? We G each other up. I love him so much, but yeah. I get envious of this stuff. And he knows that. That's why I hung out with him today. Yeah. I know. Is that bullshit? What, what do no. you think of that? What do you, what do you think no. of that? <laughs> I'm not editing as we're talking. So you right. just give me, you just be just unfiltered. Th- oh, no. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate how I sound and I'm unfiltered. <laughs> I like being edited. Nah, it's all good. No, I'll, I'll edit this down. Don't worry. Yes, sick. Welcome, David. Hi, Jenna. Would you mind doing a brief self-intro? Yes. Hi, my name's David Correos. I am a comedian, actor, uh, voiceover Actor, writer, uh, and other stuff um, as well. Filipino from Christchurch. A Sag. I'm a Filipino from Christchurch. (laughs) I'm a dirty Sag. I love fun. I love adventure. I'm a high-spirited guy. Yeah. Thanks. Sick? Yeah. Do you do anything for Lunar New Year? Do I do anything for Lunar New Year? I'm just going to ask that because, you know, it's timely. Oh, um, do I do anything for Lunar New Year? I just got out of a relationship with a, uh, with a Chinese woman. Uh, and so I celebrated Lunar New Year with her. And now I don't because we're not together anymore. Wow. Yeah. So I have in the past. And I was, we'd go to like their grandparents' place and make yeah. dumplings with them. Yeah. Yeah. Do but that doesn't talk, happen. Do you want to talk more about that? Or? Um, yeah. Oh, no, I love it. No, I love having an excuse to eat scampi. No, and- <laughs> What? I'm talking about the relationship, the breakup. Oh, the breakup. How fresh, oh. how fresh is it? Um, it's fresh. It's like a month. Okay. Yeah, literally like last last month. Um, I say that it's the perf- it was the perfect relationship. I was so happy with the relationship. Yeah. It got to a point after, because uh, we'd been doing long distance for about a year and a half, and then she was up here for a week, and then um, I realized we'd kind of turned into different people. Yeah. An argument came up, and uh, through that argument, that's when I realized, oh, this is only going to get worse if we keep at this. And so I made the decision at that point to go, okay, I think we need to end it here. Because if we end it here, it's it's the perfect relationship. Yeah. And I say it's the perfect relationship because we both grew 
so much together and I still have um, so much love for her and um, I think yeah I wouldn't be the man I am now without her and I am I am so excited to see uh, or like see her in like maybe a couple of years because we're doing no contact at the moment and this is also like really fresh (laughs) so I'm like also right now kind of processing I mean like I've developed a little bit of a speech because I've told this to like several people people, or like some of my friends already but it's like it was great um it was like it was the best way to end it and that it was like a mixture of um mourning and celebrating Mm. at the same time so it was weird having to like laugh and cry at the same time of going between both of them and we never really um exchanged like hateful words to each other but it was like painful yeah yeah that was really painful i get like pangs of guilt for um having to end it because i don't i don't think she was um ready to end it then but i was just like this is only going to get worse if, yeah the longer you go yeah, the longer you go yeah. so it was like um clean cut yeah. and I don't know how she's processing it right now, but I hope it's, I hope she's doing, I hope she's doing really well. I finally just unlinked her from my Facebook because she was like part of like my comedy page at one point. So she kept getting notifications. So that was like, yeah. And so I'm like, and like, that's like rude, it's rude from my part. And I could like, I'm such an idiot with like uh, technology that I didn't know how to do it. But like we, yeah, we sorted it out. But then it was crazy because then after that happened, just like, it just like, like I thought I was in a good space. And then it just yeah. unraveled me. And then my TikTok algorithm was like, yo, you sound sad right now. And so then I got all of these like post breakup TikToks of like how to process stuff. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I yeah. wasn't in this headspace and I'm processing it quite well. But now you're like just opening up all these questions that I just shouldn't have like been even asking myself. But I was like in bed just on my phone. I was like, oh, just like, yeah, kind of ruined my night. But then I woke up this morning and I felt good. Good. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, is that the Great. answer? Is that like, were you expecting? I don't know. What the heck was that? Hey, we have started. Oh, God. <laughs> no, that was good. It's kind of sets a scene where your head's at. Yeah. That's major. I know, I probably shouldn't say this, but I know people that are that have held on to relationships when it's like clearly not working. So, mm. tell me about that. Courageous. I, like, 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 I mean, let's not name names. Actually, no, let's name names. <laughs> let's not. <laughs> we won't be naming names, no. but yeah. Yeah. So, like, what, what, what's, what, like, as a, as an outside, like, I, what, what do you notice? What do you notice happening there? Uh misery. Mm. And the performance of we're a happy couple doing couple things like mm. going through the motions of let's get married let's buy a house but this actually sounds very judgmental uh no. but, you know as someone from the outside looking in yeah, yeah. you know do they even like each other as people who they are now i don't know mm. yeah. that's what i was scared of i was really scared of that yeah. and it was like in that moment where i was like okay i guess i have to make this hectic decision I, the decision beforehand was like, I'm ready to compromise. I'm ready to do everything to make this work because this is amazing and you should be grateful of this. This is an amazing connection. You should be grateful for this. Um, but then I just, yeah, in that moment I realized, oh, I'm, I'm pushing it down, but I, I, I couldn't. And yeah, it was weird because she could feel it, but also the house was the tidiest it's ever been because I was trying to... Be, I was trying to push it down and trying to replace it with um, actions. 
around her to be like, look, look at this. I'm like, I'm, I'm cleaning the house for you. I'm doing these things for you. I'm serving you. I'm trying to like, make sure that this is, this is all right. But I mean, she, I mean, yeah, when we were going through it, she could feel, oh yeah, this is, um, yeah, something's, something's checked out or something's, something's gone. Yeah. I see, I see something really hectic to her. I was like, I can't, I can't feel the, I can feel the excitement up to my nose, but I can't feel it in my eyes mm. when I'm when I'm when I'm supposed to be excited for you, and I couldn't feel it in my eyes anymore. And um, that was that was something I shouldn't have said. Oh, did loud. you say that? To her? I said that out loud. Yeah, in like the middle of the whole like admitting to her where I was at. Because yeah, because it's like that. It was such a weird feeling that I could be like I could smile, but yeah. then I couldn't push it up past my cheekbones. Yeah, and and that that really that really scared me. It's like, geez, okay. I don't know where it's gonna go, but that's yeah, it's it's crazy. It's crazy how that happens. Like, anyway, I'm anyway, a comedian. Okay. I'm so funny. Anyway, <laughs> whoa, that got deep very fast. Uh, Sorry, I laugh into the mic a lot, so I'll try not fine. to not to do that. Can you describe what an average week looks like for you? Mm, I could pull up my calendar right now and tell you what I'm doing this week, what I've done as well this week. So it's Monday today. Uh, today I caught up with my friend uh, James Roque because he, he's also another comedian and um, he was living in Canada. So I caught up with him and my favorite thing to do was talk shop with other comics. So it's a hang, but it's also like just deep diving into like comedy techniques, where they're at, all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that counts a lot for work for me because it kind of puts my head into the right place when I'm performing. Um, and then after that, I did some voiceovers for Burger King because I um, do commercials and mm. voiceovers for them. Yeah, all over my TikTok. All over your TikTok. <laughs> I hope you're hearting them. Yeah. I hope you enjoy them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then tomorrow I am doing some prep uh, for Wednesday because I'm doing my first directing job. And um, I'm directing a video for the comedy festival, the Cooking with Comedians cool. um, video. So I'm really excited excited for that. Um, so that's what I'm going to be doing on Wednesday is uh, directing that. And then on Thursday, um, I am going, uh, Thursday I have a day off, I do whatever I want on Thursday, but I'm probably going to be prepping for Friday because I'm going to be in Fitianga on Friday um, doing a new material show with my friend Alan McElroy, which is going to be really fun. We share the stage for an hour, just working through new jokes. It's the scariest way to do comedy because you don't know what the response is. So you don't know how to get them to laugh. Uh, and then after that, on Saturday, I'm doing two shows at Red Bar in Auckland. Same with Alan. And so we're just going to do back-to-back shows. And then on Sunday, I have a, um, on Sunday, I have to look over a script for a short film that I'm making with a mate. Uh, and then we're going to have a meeting on Monday um, talking about what, what to do with it. So that's my week. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. All over the show. Yeah, and then I'll fit, like, gym around there somewhere. And then, like, just, you know, burning burning plants into a big glass vase. Fit that in there somewhere as well. Yeah, just kind of try to relax and then hang out with some friends. I'll try to do that. And then write some jokes somewhere in there too. But yeah, it's that kind of, it's all over the place. Yeah. Do you remember filling out the onboarding form? Oh, no. No, I don't. Oh, no. I've been like a real, I've been a real pretentious fuck the past year. And I'm (laughs) so worried what I put. No. uh, The the interesting thing about it is that you filled it out at like 3 a.m. Oh my goodness! <laughs> and so, and I was like, "Oh, you're the only one to fill it out." You know, at that sort of time, like, is that kind of when you're working? Is that really? Yeah, really. I was like, what's, what? 
What was I doing then? Yeah. I didn't know people read into that. <laughs> I read into everything. No, I I no, because I've sent a lot of emails at hectic times like that. Well, people know when things come in. Yeah. Oh, do you usually yeah. do you send emails at that time? Sometimes, that yeah, I have, yeah, yeah, sometimes, yeah, sometimes I re- respond to people on Messenger at that time, be like, oh, they'll get it in the morning, and be like, yeah, they probably send it in the morning, they'll never look at the time, and be like, this came in at that time, I do not know where my headspace was at at 3am in the morning, I don't know what I was, I was like, that's doing. interesting, but then, you didn't really give a lot of information, so I was like, great. Oh, no. No, 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 you did say, I think I asked... You know, what kind of thing, is there any specific that you'd want to talk about? And you said, creativity. Oh, no. <laughs> comma, writer versus. Performer? Yeah. Yeah. Comma, taking risks. Oh, sick. <laughs> so, so I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's how I write jokes. <laughs> I write down keywords. Yeah, tell me, yeah. And then I spend the rest of my time decoding why was your head in that space? <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I'm sure there is a code to this. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there, yeah. So what was the first one? Creativity. Creativity, yeah. I that's kind of where my brain has been at, like for the last two years, is like trying to be more like be more intentional with my creativity. When are you at your most creative? I'm at my most creative when I have music on and I'm pacing around the house, or I'm going for a walk from Royal Oak to Bretto Mart with, like, some... Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's how I write now. So I've, like, I've gone through the whole arc of, like, learning how to write and finding the... the I'm, I try to aim for, like, the most frictionless way to write, uh, which is, like, don't put any blocks in the way. There's a block when I know I have to open a laptop. There's a block going, oh, no, I'm stressed out. They have to open a laptop. There's a block because I'm looking at, like, a blank page. So I'm just trying to go, how do, how do I get rid of as many blocks and bring those down as much as possible? And that is walking to Brito Mart, listening to music, because then I can just daydream, because the, my, I'm, I'm most creative when I can just relax my brain and daydream. What kind of music? Oh, I love that question. I love that. It ranges. It ranges from like my favorite boiler room sets. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I listen to like, oh, uh, you know, like Fred again, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Horse Girl, um, Talia. Uh, it's amazing. We have this. We have like this. Um, there's a there's a te- there's a techno night in Nick of the Wood, Nympho World. Yes, the, are you going this weekend? Yeah, I'm pretty keen. I, I don't know how my schedule's going, but Nympho World is the best gig in Auckland, and I got to see both two of my favorite DJs, Horse Girl and Talia. Um, at, at them. So I'll listen to that kind of stuff if I'm in a fun mood. Um, but then I'll also listen to um, a, there's a playlist on Spotify, Spongebob background music. And it's all of the songs that um, play in Spongebob. And so I'll just listen to that and they're all instrumentals. And I'll just walk down thinking I'm a cartoon character and just kind of like imagining myself in this cartoon kind of uh, scenario. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Bikini bottom. Because um, Norm Macdonald said that he, who's like, uh, who's like a, who's like the comedians, comedian, nerd comedian. Mm-hmm. He was like the the best comedians are the ones that become cartoon characters. And so I've like kind of like taken that a bit literally, <laughs> yeah. and just trying to I figure out, yeah, look at it from every angle in that way. And I think that's what creativity is for me. Is like constantly filter, like giving myself different like parameters or filters to kind of look at the world or look at like, oh, that's so wanky. <laughs> <laughs> 
and like uh and just yeah because that it, it's fun and like if i'm genuinely laughing to myself then i'm like that's the joke that's yeah. the thing i need to play in and the writer versus writer versus performer so um when you first start on comedy uh and you're surrounded by other new comics you try to put yourself in certain boxes and one of the boxes is are you a writer or a performer because you fall into one of those categories you can be both but one of them you have a lean you lean towards one a bit stronger than the other and uh from early on i was a performer uh, so what that means is like I, my strengths lie in like being in the room, um, making it entertaining for everyone. But then you look at the jokes and they're like a little bit more like surface level. There's not much, you don't really go that deep in the writing. And then you get the opposite. So if you're like a, a, a writer over a performer, you have very big ideas. You have things that are very engaging, but you might not necessarily know how to get it out in, yeah. the, in, the, in the most performative way possible so you lean towards performer I lean towards performer and now that I've been doing this for about 12 years I've spent most of that time trying to be a better writer and so it's really interesting so I've put like a lot of time I haven't put much time aside trying to get my performance stuff up that's just kind of come naturally or like when opportunities come I can I, I play in that but it's the writing where I'm like I just sit down how do you become a better writer um, just like getting your notes, like notes app, just constantly writing down ideas. Two years ago, I went through a year of just like learning joke craft, uh, which is like something that's very new because learning how to joke write seemed kind of like hacky or like, you know, funny's funny. It's got to be organic and like, <laughs> like terrible, terrible, like terrible stuff. But now people are a lot more open to looking at like the mechanics of joke writing. And so I just kind of spent, I've spent like the last couple of years really learning how to how to write jokes and get better at that. Have you always been a risk taker? Yes. I think I'm just impulsive. I'm really, really impulsive. And I like just doing like whatever I wanted to do. I was hanging out with a friend recently and we came to the conclusion that um, the person you are on stage uh, is the person that you struggle to be in your normal life. It's almost like a, like a safe space to be like, I want to be this, but I can't be this. And my friend... He's more of a, I, I, I don't know, I, I would say he leans more towards writer than performer, but in his daily life, he's very accommodating. He's always like the one to open the space for other people to talk. And so the thing that he feels is very rude is to be, you know, self-centered and to make it about him. And so it reflects in his stand-up. So when he's on stage, it's all about him. It's all about his writing. It's all about hitting the right points and what he's trying to say. He wants to get a word perfect because he only gets one chance to really make it all about him. And it's like, it was really beautiful to kind of realize that. And I like playing the game and going, what are my friends' things? What are they releasing when they're on stage? And so for me, it's impulse. It's like me being able to follow every naughty impulse that I have. I'm able to do it on stage. And so that's why I do really hectic stuff because in real life, and I only like realized this recently, in real life, I'm very scared of authority. I'm very scared of getting in trouble. I'm very scared of being told off. That was what my next question was going to be. Like, so as a child, were you kind of told to stay in line? Yeah. Like keep, okay. Yeah, I was like, I was a loose unit. I was like a loose unit as a kid. I was the kid of like, okay, if you wanted to do something fun, like stupid or funny, David, eat that bug. I'm like, yeah, will you be my friend if I do it? And like, yeah, we will. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll eat two bugs. And so I'll eat like bugs in front of people, just harass people when I was like a teenager and stuff. And before I found comedy, I was always the wild guy at the party 
doing something stupid, getting really drunk and doing like something to make me the life of the party. I remember there was one one incident. I was like um, sculling beers, like doing beer beer bongs out of a road cone. Oh so like you get all the God. dirt and stuff, like build up. But I'm like, this is hectic, look how hectic I'm. And then later on in that night, there was like a fire and I grabbed a piece of wood and I was running around with a wood on a piece on fire. And then the moment I found comedy, I was like, I stopped. That stuff really quietened down. Because I realized- you Channeled it into something else. Channeled it into something else. And it was kind of interesting. Like I really, I think about like yeah, the dynamics that I have at parties now. It's like, it's really toned down because I've finally got like a space to do it in. So comedy is the safest space to be risky. You being a wild child, was that modelled to you? Like in your family? Did you get that from somewhere? No, I was the first one. No, I was, I was the, I was you hectic. Were, I was hectic. Were. Everyone, <laughs> on my 18th birthday, my mum like took a deep breath at the end of the birthday party and she was like, oh, I didn't think we were going to get here. <laughs> but we did and I'm glad. <laughs> Yeah, because, I mean, your body has been through some stuff. Yeah, hey, hey. It's, um, I've done some crazy stuff. What stuff? Have, have you been to any of my shows? No. No, yeah, good. <laughs> Stoked. <laughs> no, but I know that you have fucked your ankle, your back. Um, oh, right. As well, like actual injuries. Yes, right, yeah. Um, and also, you know, I've seen the Taskmaster... Mm-hmm. Um, TikToks of you throwing yourself around. Yeah, yeah, I can, I can really take a lot, eh? I can, I think, like my body takes a lot of, takes a lot of hits. Um, the how's break- it feeling? Pardon? Like, how's your body it's feeling? So good. I feel super young. I feel super mobile. That's I've been like going to the awesome. gym and like, w- like just making sure. Like for me, it's just like I want healthy hips, healthy knees, yeah. healthy joints, yeah. and it just, it just makes me feel so much younger. You know, I feel like all my mates, oh, I'm so sore all the time. Oh, my goodness. I'm 30 and then, like, my bloody bedtime's 8 p.m. now. I'm like, shut up. So, yeah. So, <laughs> so keep, yeah. Do, do keep doing that. Yeah, and it makes you like, feel. Makes throwing you feel yourself young. around. Yeah, like, I love it. I love it. I, um, the broken back and the ankle injury was from weightlifting because I did Olympic weightlifting for a little bit. That was pretty, yeah, not from comedy. <laughs> Imagine if I broke my back doing comedy and I still want to do it. I'm just going all over the place. We are not going in the order that I thought we were going to go in, but that's yeah. fine. How are you feeling about this so far? I feel like Good. I listen to your podcast and you talk a lot more than I feel like you're just like, I'd be like, you're just interviewing me. I'm or like, or like, have a hang with you. <laughs> what do you have to say? Because I'm talking too much. Um, uh, no, it's a podcast. You're meant to talk. You're yeah. meant to talk. When you're doing stand up across New Zealand, how do the audiences differ? Do they? Oh. Um, I have a very recent experience of that. I did a gig in Grey Lynn uh-huh. uh, yesterday, and the whole week I've been gigging at the Classic on Queen Street. Uh-huh. And so those are two very different vibes. Yeah, the but class- that's in the same city even. Yeah, tell me more. Yeah, it's still in the same city, but it's just like the demographic of kind of who's coming along. Yeah. So the Classic, it's like it's so widespread, so you're getting like a, a mixture of people. And on Thursday, it was mainly like an older crowd, and so my stuff didn't really hit that well. And then the second night, it was a lot. It skewed a lot younger, so they got my references a lot more. And I got to do four gigs at the Classic, and I'm doing all new material. And so it just like I really tightened it up. And by the last gig, it, like everything was humming the way I wanted it to hum. And then I did a gig yesterday at uh, at Frida's in Greyland, and it went so well. I was like, I was like so stoked with it, but the vibe was 
completely different because the demographic just felt so different. It went from being like a general audience to more people who were like uh, 30 plus, uh, like a higher tax bracket. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Socioeconomic. Uh, Situ, yeah. yeah, socioeconomic issue. It situ was good. <laughs> that was yeah, great. They are doing well. Very well. <laughs> and like uh, me to come in, uh, I, I just felt real like I just felt real like uh, gremlin gremlin type vibes uh, turning up with my gear. I was like, oh, you guys don't want poo poo pee pee material, clearly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so. Um, I got like, uh, and so it was. It was quite interesting to like carve my stuff out, even on Queen Street, and then turn up at Greylin and be like, "Oh, this stuff isn't universal yet. This stuff only it's 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 almost getting there." And I was getting like like some laughs or like decent laughs in certain areas where I knew the punchline was really like was kind of strong, but like getting them to buy into the story, I could feel them really waning off a lot because they were just like, we're not, this isn't for us. We're not that as interested of where you're kind of coming from. And then that will range also to like um, pub gigs and to even like to the South Island yeah. um, or even like to the, the places that really pop off are small towns where not much really happens. Oh uh, yeah. They're just stoked <laughs> that you're there. Yeah. They're so stoked. That's good. Yeah, and so I really love performing for them. But then again, it's also that like, it's also that like they they're stoked that you're there. But if you don't, if you talk about really niche Auckland stuff, um, like you know four way intersections, if you're talking about that, yeah. if you're talking about that, in like, the traffic lights, yeah, <laughs> you're talking about that in Methven, they're all like, we don't care, we don't care about intersections. <laughs> When you're on stage and you can tell that shit's not landing, mm. are you freaking out? What's happening? I would, like, die. Oh, why would you die? I don't know. Why? I don't know. Are you, what, how, what's your relationship with public speaking? Not good. But not I keep good? getting fucking asked to do it. I hate it. But I mean, there's different, like, I'm not, like, up there with, an, like, I don't think I could get up on stage and talk for, like, 20 minutes nonstop. Mm. Mm. No thanks. No thank you. No. No, like what about with like without the pressure of being funny? Like No, I still wouldn't want to. Still wouldn't want to? Like no. Do you get a lot of your public speaking work because of this podcast? Yes. That's so I funny. Don't fucking, I don't know why. Yeah. I find that really funny because right now we're in a very private room. I know. People with, don't understand. Like it's a bit different when you're one on one with a couple of mics yeah. than being in a big room or theatre. Yeah, I know. And they're like, and then they're like, okay, can you do this job where like 200 people are looking at you now? And like, yeah. well, that's not the vibe. I mean, I'll right. say yes, but it's like, Jesus, quietly shitting myself. Yeah. Um, when, it, like, when it comes to it not working, mm. um, yeah, it still, it still affects me. I still, get, I still get really rattled by it, especially if it's new material. When I do, when I do new material where I don't know what the reaction's going to be, it's so scary. Like it, 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 it wipes out my whole day type thing of like, I have to think about it the whole time. Um, but that's why like I spend a lot more time going, do I really want to talk about this topic? Like, do I really get G'd up about this topic? And then I try to, and then if I, if I do get G'd up about the topic, I can riff on it for as, for as long as I want. And so it's just trying to find the topics that I really want to talk about. And then if it's bombing and it doesn't work and I'm getting silence, it's about how I feel at the end. I go, do I want to talk about that again? 
And most of the time it's no. Why did you even think you wanted to talk about that? But sometimes it's like, no, no, no. They didn't. They just didn't understand. Mm. I think I think there's something so funny in this. And that's why it's like I was saying before, like, um, I got to make sure the bit makes me laugh first. Otherwise, what's my compass? Like, who am I doing? Who am I doing this for? Mm. Yeah. A couple of people have said that about like their art or yeah, well, what, what's the what's the overlapping thing with other with other art forms that they make for them? Mm. It's nuts. It's nuts that like at the start you think you're supposed to be making for everyone else. Yeah. Or you get or other for pe- the community or like yeah. yeah. Or it's like for for some <laughs> greater reason and like I and I think other people who don't make oh again wank wank alert uh, <laughs> other people who don't do it they're like oh my gosh how how egotistical of you to make something for yourself and I'm like well then. How am I supposed, like, why Why would like, I make it then? Totally. Why would I put everyone through some crap? You might be sick of talking about this, so we don't have to, but we'll see. Can you talk to me a bit about your time in Edinburgh and drinking a bottle of red wine before hitting the stage? Ooh. Ooh. You, you're like Nadwa. <laughs> Whoa. 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 Let's not get too Whoa. hasty. Wow. <laughs> How'd you know that? What was that I don't one? feel like that's a deep, I don't feel like that's a deep cut. Is a deep cut? Is that what you I don't think that's a deep. I, yeah. I wasn't expecting that question. Oh. No, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, um, what was, well, where would you get that from? Just around. Okay, shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I heard that you were scared. Mm. Yeah. And the follow-up question, well, that wasn't, I, well, that wasn't a precise question. It was more like, can you talk to me about that? Mm. How do you come back from an experience like that? Because I know that there was like, you stopped in the middle of your set, right? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I was just, I was just talking about that today. And actually, so I was like fresh in my mind. And when, was, so there was a critic like a, in the yeah, audience? Like? Yeah. Her yeah. name, her name is Kate Copstick and she's the biggest reviewer in Scotland. She like makes a lot, she shits a lot of pants, comedians. She makes a lot of comedians angry and she makes a lot of comedians very happy. Um, and uh, I was there and it was, uh, there were not many people in the room. It was about 15 people in a room of like 50 people. And I was doing my show and I was hating performing my show because this was the show where I was going to go. I flipped and I made a full writer's show. I was like, just, I'm just doing observational. I'm just doing jokes. And I hated it because the way I used to approach comedy was just chaos and being in the moment and being impulsive and being chaotic. And part of being chaos is drinking. That was what I thought. I thought like, I got to drink because then it's another variable in the mix. It's another spanner. And then when you try to include that kind of attitude with writing and I hadn't realized that you have to be precise with your writing and you have to hit the right beats and hit the right moments to, so people can understand what you're saying. Um, it's not a good mix. And I was just done missing the mark. I think it was about two weeks of like missing the mark and not getting good audiences. And I wasn't getting the laughs that I wanted and the alcohol was now a way to just kind of get through it. And it was a way to get through the flyering as well. Cause you had to fly your own shows and so I got through, I think, yeah, I drank, I drank a lot of wine that night. I can't remember how much wine I drank. I remember it was either like a couple of glasses of wine or it was a full bottle. It was, a, it was about that amount and get to the half an hour point and I was just bombing. And then I finally went, 
all right, I'm done. I can't, I can't do this. I'm so, and I just started apologizing to the audience. It's like, I'm so sorry that I'm here right now. I'm so sorry that I put on this terrible show for you. I'm going to come back and do another show and it'll be a lot better. And then someone tried to do a little applause, like, like a cool runnings moment. And I went, no, this is not what that is. <laughs> this is not what that is. And I was like, everyone just go. And like the music didn't even come up. I don't think it just kind of like, I just stood on the stage and everyone just kind of like stood up and then walked, walked out. And also the room had no air conditioning. So it was 41 oh, no. degrees. It was 41 degrees. And, and I knew it was 41 degrees because my phone would stop working in the venue because it was too hot for even my phone. And I checked on Google and they were like, yeah, it's so about it's 40 hell. degrees. Hell. Yeah. Hell. That's, that's hell. That yeah. is my hell experience. Yeah. On stage, 41 degrees. <laughs> Listening to a comedian that doesn't even want to say their material to the audience. So after that, I mean, how do you come back from that? Like professionally, but also personally. Like you come home and what the fuck? I went for it. I went for it because you got it like, I always got told by my mates, put in time to have like a decompression holiday because you just went through hell. You just go through hell for a month. So like you have to time in something to hang out. So it's like, I'm going to go to Budapest. And I just remember crying in Budapest under a fountain. And it was such a beautiful day because I'd, I'd had an argument with, um, with my girlfriend at the time. And I realized at that point it wasn't actually the argument. I was still just like processing. Yeah, processing because I just felt a lot. That, yeah. yeah, so that's kind of what happened. I just remember like a lot of crying and a lot of like bad moods on that holiday. And she put up with a lot of it. And she was a saint for that. And I, yeah, it's amazing. But it was beautiful. It was, yeah. But I wouldn't be the comic I am today without those, those moments. And I think like it's a lot about um, hitting your rock bottoms to be able to know like, to, to be able to get to like the next level. So I really appreciate those moments. And I think that's what makes me a good comic is that I've felt, I've felt lower lows than a lot of other comics. And, and the bounce back is crazy. Talk to me about live streaming for 51 hours to sell tickets. Oh my gosh. That one? I get a call from my manager uh, four days before a show at Basement. And they're like, David, you've sold four tickets. Can you put up a Facebook post, please, just to get some people in here? And I have this, like, I have crazy brain. I have, like, this desperate crazy brain sometimes where I'm like, okay, time for a stunt. How do I sell tickets? And the first one that came to my head was, I, I'm not going to stop live streaming until I sell um, all these tickets or I sell out this show. And so I did. I live streamed for that. I live streamed for like something like 51 hours. Is, is that when you were live streaming, like you were playing something, a scary game? Nah, it was before uh... that. It was just on Facebook Live <laughs> on my cell phone. <laughs> I found a power bank and I was like, right, I'm connecting this power bank. And I was always like charging or something. And it wasn't like an official, like, we'll not stop live streaming. Like the live stream would end like abruptly sometimes, but I'd get back on. But then when I go to sleep, I would leave the live stream on until my phone would die <laughs> and it would cut off. And then the next morning I'd wake up and be like, okay, back to streaming. And I remember the most interesting thing was I went to the gym at one point, but I, there were so many of those moments. There were only like two people watching, but I sold like, I think I sold something like, in four, those four days, I sold something like 62 tickets. That's pretty something. good. Yeah. It's pretty stoked. <laughs> That's really good. Yeah, the show was dog shit. And that was the <laughs> same show I bombed in Edinburgh. Oh, really? That was the same show. And the show went so well in New Zealand. People were like, oh, this is great. You're doing so well. Um, we really love this show. But then it just, uh, nah. It what year is this? 2019. Yeah, 2019. I got an email from my venue in Edinburgh that year to my manager being like, hey, give David another two years before he comes back. 
Like, make sure he has a really, he has a show ready for it before he, for, before he comes back. And that was quite like, that was a real hit to the chest. And that, like, I was like, oh, I've kind of failed. But it's all good. It's fine. I'll bounce back. It's fine. Oh, yeah, because after um, listening to some stuff you've been on, watching some stuff, I was like, oh, my God, you're so resilient. Yeah. I'm really confident in my resilience. I think I can, like, I can really take a hit. In, in some things, and I can still bounce back, and that's been like around for a while, um, and I think that's what makes me good, and I think that's what that's why I think I get the successes that I get. It's not because I'm like good at nailing it the first time. It's that like I will fail if I really love it. I'll keep failing until I figure it out, and then once I figure it out, I'll just have fun with it, and then I'll figure out new areas with it. And I think that's just yeah, my resilience, resilience and tenacity. Those are the two words I get when people are like these are the things I. I've noticed about you. Does that sound cocky? No. Okay. No, not okay. at all. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I'm, I'm, no, I'm not I, trying to, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to gleam, um, I'm not trying to gleam. No, no, uh, I don't think, no, I don't or, think so. I think that. genuinely from researching you, I'm like, oh my, yeah, it's giving resilience. <laughs> In the comedy world, what makes a great leader? Wow. I've never thought about that before. Because stand-up is such a solo it's such a solo thing. When I th- when I think of leaders, I think of old guard, new guard type of like who were the people that kind of came before me and like set a path. I think about this a lot. I love this. Oh, yeah, I found a way in. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I know who are the comics that have really inspired me and have like given me either like advice or like the way they work has inspired me to get to the next level. Saying before, like how, you know, books are kind of like not really accepted in stand up and you got to learn it through just instinct and stuff. But a lot of a lot of learning also comes from um, advice from older comics and who you can learn from. And if you have good mentors at the start, you can skip a lot of bullshit on the way through. And so when I think of leaders, I think of comics that give you opportunities that can make you money and live as a comic. That's one one version of leadership. I think Guy Montgomery is an amazing leader because he's created a TV show where he made the main point. It was Guy Montgomery's Guy Montspellingby, where he made a point to always bring in a new cast of comics and also include new comics who aren't necessarily on TV yet. And so he's given the jump both monetarily and through exposure through an amazing TV show. And I think Guy Montgomery's Guy Montgomery's Spelling Bee is one of the best panel shows New Zealand's ever made. And I think it's a new generation of comedy. And I think that's amazing leadership. I don't think I offer that. I don't think I offer money, but I can offer advice and I can offer them how I, how I look at it, yeah. how I look at comedy. And so my relationship to leadership and comedy is I've started trying to just notice who are the comics that are really grinding it out in the open mic scene and then hanging out with them for a coffee and at a cafe and just like becoming their friend and becoming the person where they can kind of message so that like if they have any advice. And it's not like, it's not like formal, like here's where you go to, here's what you got to do. It's just like, just through talking, mm. talking and hanging out. And I think that's how I kind of fill that thing inside me because I feel like I don't, add enough to the comedy scene and I kind of want to be a I kind of want to be a leader in in the comedy scene or I want to be someone that people look up to and I think all I can give them is my experience nice (laughs) 
giving the most long-winded answers. Eh? That's good. <laughs> are you are you connected much in the comedy world? No. No. What do you mean? Do you like? Do you know many comedians? Um, do you hang out with comics? No, not really. No. What's your relationship no. to stand up and to comedy? Um, you might have heard me talk about it before, but I don't go. I don't go to a lot of stand up mm-hmm. um, because as an audience member, I feel a lot of pressure to laugh. Mm-hmm. And it makes me uncomfortable mm. if they're not funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh wow. Have, is that because you've been stung before? Because you've gone to a, because you've gone to stand up nights and it's um, just not being no, good. No, but I know that I watch stand up on yeah. TV much live stand up. Wow. I know you're like, um, get the fuck out. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's definitely not that. I think you would hate coming to one of my shows <laughs> because I turn the lights on on the audience because I yeah, want to see. I would hate that. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Because like I like just so you know, most stand up nights, comics can't see the audience members. Yeah. Because it's the light's so bright and all we see is like just like a dark space. And wow. our point is to try not make individual people laugh, but make you guys feel like a full like laughing blob. Yeah. And then we listen to the, the blob of laughs yeah. that come towards us. But if you ever came to one of my shows, you'd be like, Oh no, I can see Jenna out there and it's only crap. <laughs> I think I have social anxiety, actually. Mm. So <laughs> I only found out last year that I have social anxiety. Uh, what's your What's your social anxiety? Well, this is really I don't know if put this in. I just on TikTok saw that there was this, like it was an autism test. Yes, yes, <laughs> I love these. I've been doing the same test. You know? Do you know what I'm talking about? And I just keep seeing it on my feed. Yeah. And it was like this online thing, which I'm like, that's probably total bullshit. Just a bit. And so fun. many people are doing their like their self-diagnosing yeah. off of TikTok. Yeah. I've got undiagnosed like... ADHD. <laughs> so I um I did this this online quiz thing mm-hmm. and oh, I think I might have screenshot it actually. Give it to me. What's the highest score and what score did you get? I wonder if we did the same test. Did it look like that? No, no. Can uh, I just, can I? Can you I, see I, I'm, like, I'm, I'm blind. Uh, I'm blind as. Okay. Okay. Anxiety. Oh, I haven't done this one. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to take a picture this of this one. You. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to go home and be like, Yo, this is crazy. No, 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 no. She's no, really no, good. No, 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 no. Um, no oh, okay. it's, it's, it's a wheel one. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a, a wheel, wheel one. one. Um, it's called idrlabs.com. Mm. Give me the highest ones. What were the um, highest ones? Anxiety, but it's like social anxiety is the highest, and mm. then noise sensitivity. Mm. They're the highest ones. Those are both the highest. And what, uh, what's the what's the highest amount of blocks? And how many blocks did you get? Five blocks. For anxiety, I've got just over four. Wow. For noise sensitivity, I'm just under four. So but I've about... also got other stuff in like ticks and fidgets, mm-hmm. eye contact. Mm. Yeah. Oh, you don't like eye contact? Um, I feel like I have to focus to do it. Mm. Like I, I have to focus to it. Otherwise, mm. now we're both so aware of our contact. Now really dolled in. Yeah, we're dolled in. Yeah, hell like yeah. Usually, like when I'm talking, I prefer not to like. Uh, yeah, you I prefer have to, not to look. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 what about you? I find it so interesting because I think I'd really dial in on the eye contact, and but when other people have really intense eye contact, that's when I pick it up, and then that's when I start going. Ugh. 
uh, and you can't see this, but that's me looking away. That little noise is, uh, that's me moving my head. <laughs> so you are an eye contact person. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Cause I gotta, I gotta like uh, look you at. Are, you are looking. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta look, I gotta look at what your face is doing so I can pick up. If oh, I'm, I gotta okay. pick up on Are you stuff. reading my micro, my facial micro? Um, yeah. But it's please? like, but my, my, my micro cue um, scale is between like crushing it, <laughs> killing it. <laughs> I'm murdering okay. and oh, I'm bombing right now. That's, oh my god! <laughs> there's no like, okay. there's no like, there's no like. I can see the intricacies. Of oh, okay, are doing crazy you're things like, right now. I should probably shut up. <laughs> no, you're like murdering. Okay, uh, yeah, murdering. <laughs> yeah, I do a lot of those. I do a lot of those tests. I did mm. one. I did like a bad person test or like oh, no. things that make you like a bad person or this kind of thing and my one was like a, um, I've got big delusions of grandeur <laughs> my, grand, you, my we, grandiosity is pretty high where did you high. find this te- was it like a BuzzFeed test or was it like a legit no it was like it's like one of those tests that oh. like it's like yeah the block tests and there were like different different ones on them but like yeah the main one was was grandiosity I think it was a narcissism test I'm yeah. always I always think I'm like a narcissism which is totally what a narcissist would say <laughs> <laughs> Um, but in the group chat I had, uh, well, my lads group chat, uh, one of the boys was like, Yo, I just took this autism test and it's made me feel a bit bad about myself. Can everyone else do it? So like, I feel better about myself. And he scored something like 36 out of 50 yeah. on the, on this, this autism test. And then everyone else kind of got like a mid, like mid twenties <laughs> and it ended up not making him feel any better and nothing. He's going to go get a diagnosis uh, right. now. I thought you were going to be like, and everyone else got like 40, but. No, no, it's the opposite. No, no, he's like <laughs> yeah. straight out like, oh yeah. And then, um, and then, and then for the autism one, I think I got like six, but then I did, um, I did an ADHD test. I think out of 25, I got 22. So I was like, oh, I really should have a look at this, but I don't know. I went to the doctor and I tried to get a diagnosis. This is one of my jokes at the moment. I know, I've seen it. I know. <laughs> have you seen that one? Yeah. I mean, That's I, funny. I was, um, what do you call it? They sent me, they were like, okay, we've got a list of psychologists. Pick one that you like, come back, and then we will, um, we can go from there. And I was like, oh, okay. And my, I was like, oh, I just wanted to get it sorted right now. And then he was like, have you got anything else you want to sort out? And I was like, yeah, I get like real spicy toes. Like they kind of hurt. And they were like, oh, I think you got gout. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, sick. So I was like, I wanted the diagnosis. I wanted to figure out why I can't focus, not why my toes hurt. <laughs> you got spicy toes. Yeah, I got <laughs> get real stingy toes, eh, when I go hunt these on steaks and shellfish. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. I'm keen to talk about Taskmaster. Yes, sick. Specifically when you created a rap with Laura Daniels and Guy Montgomery. Yo, sick. Can you describe what happened and how it was received? Okay. So, uh, do you want like the actual Well, the actual you don't need task? to do the rap. You don't have to do the rap, but you can just give a... I can't even remember the rap. It was, um, it was really good. Oh, thank you. Just, I hope people go and, if they haven't seen it already, to go and watch it because it is hilarious. It's had like millions of likes on TikTok. Yeah, it's crazy, eh? Yeah, it's crazy how much that like it popped off. So I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Um, the, the task was uh, create a diss track about the other team. We had 30 minutes, and then in that, they just started playing some beats, and I was like, yo, love this, and just started rapping along to these beats, and then I got so lost in the source that I actually exhausted (laughs) all of my creativity at that point, so when it came to actually writing the actual diss track, and I had to write it, um, my verse was like, I didn't enjoy my verse. I don't know why I'm talking about this. Like a you didn't up. enjoy it. Pardon? You didn't enjoy no, it. No, I thought I did better in the other stuff. I was like, man, I should have freestyled it. I shouldn't have like. I wrote the, the verse that's in the diss track. I wrote it, 
but because I was writing and trying to find the right rhymes, it mm. just it was kind of like average when the freestyle was like, oh, no, I'm just feeling this stuff out. And, um, and then it ended up uh, being one of the, one of, uh, the best tasks of Taskmaster, um, like our season. Like we all kind of gelled together. Laura crushed it. Yeah, she was like Laura crushed That was like she was it. doing sort of like grimy rap. It was so good. It was so good because while I was freestyling, you could see Laura really crafting. Like in the can I okay? What I really want to talk about is like the backstage stuff of like how we got to that rap. Yeah, because I think like the the way that all happened was crazy, because with Taskmaster. You're, do, you're stuck in a house for like 10 hours and you're being thrown task after task after task. And if you're not doing a task, you're staying in a little room and you don't know what's happening. And every time you go to a new room, they blindfold you and you can't see anything that's happening in the room. They blindfold you until you get to the right room. They take it off behind. They go, action. And then we have to walk in and do it. So we're completely blind. No other panel show is like that in New Zealand. It's like it's everything in there is, is nothing is planned. Nothing is faked. You're getting real things. So sometimes you suck at a task because you've spent the whole day doing crazy things and bending your brain. You'll do one physical activity and then you might do like a real cerebral activity and then you do another one that's completely random. So it actually messes with your brain a lot. You don't know where you're at. And so when you attack something, that's why so many people make stupid decisions because your brain's actually been just folded so many times. You don't know what to do. That rap was the final rap of that, uh, was the final task of that day. And we were like wiped. We were spent. Like I remember being in the room and we were hanging out. And I remember just the vibe in the room was like, we're like cooked. We get out to do, we see the task, write a diss track. And like, I was so jeed up because my favorite thing to do with my mate, like when I used to live in St. Luke's, me and my mate would just get like super cooked and just put on like a random beat instrumental and just rap for ages. And we, I think I did that. Like we were doing it consistently for like about a year and a half. Yeah. And it just became really, really fun. And I was like, oh, wow, this is crazy how I can finally like actually have some fun, like just have fun with something that I've like just been pissing around with that I would have never done on stage. I was like, it's just totally for fun. And then it was just crazy that a lot of those beats were the same kind of beats that uh, me and my mate would used to rap to. And then I just like started like, it just became, it just, I just had, I was having so much fun with it. And I, it became a game of like, I reckon I could do a rap on each of these, these beat tracks that they gave us. And I think they gave us something like 12 different tracks. And it became this, I wish they, they showed the whole thing. Cause you can see just every track. I was like, I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna give this a shot. I'm gonna give this a shot. They only showed the best ones. But I remember when we got to the last one guy at one point yelled out, he was like, well, He's losing steam. That <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that great. And I remember the next day after saying all the things I said, because I was just having fun with it. And I said some hectic stuff because I didn't want to, I didn't actually want to hurt the other team's feelings. I didn't want to say anything that was real or like was trying to diss, was trying to diss on them or like hit nerves. So I was like, let's just go real hectic with it. Yeah. So then it's like, like obviously not real. Like, yeah, yeah, obviously, obviously not, not real. Gonna, yeah. Yeah, and then but then by the next day I was like, oh no, I said some really hectic things, and then I remember like losing sleep over it, going like, yeah, like losing sleep. I mean, like it was three a.m. and I was like, I maybe should answer this email. <laughs> I should send an email because it's three a.m. and that's yeah, what I love yeah. sending emails. And I sent an email, being like, hey, can you guys like, do we have to do that track, or is there like a way we can like? Is that because you thought that it was too? Too much? Yeah, it was way too much. Yeah. I just thought it was way too much. But then that was so lovely. Like the editors and Kevin and Kai, I love them. They were so lovely. And they 
made sure that all of the comics shined. Yeah, it was yeah. it was really good. Yeah, thank you. Have you felt anxiety from this interview so far? Uh, How are you feeling? No, nah, I'm kind of no. This is fine. This is fine. Yeah, yeah. Where's your head at? What is what is the I'm vibe really, of this interview? I'm really good. I feel like you. It's. It's funny, you're wanting like regular check-ins on how it's going. Yeah. And this I is do. good. It's fine. <laughs> do you think it's okay? I think so. You're making me anxious. Am I making you anxious? About it. <laughs> you keep asking about how it's going. How's it going? <laughs> I think it's good. Oh, I'm, I'm creating my own <laughs> I'm got my own downfall. <laughs> no, my, so my follow-up question to that yeah. was what made that collaboration on that rat what made it special everyone turned up everyone turned up on that on that task it was nuts laura and guy were so good on that task and they were keeping things together the whole time while i kind of just like because sometimes i feel like i'm a bit of a i'm a bit of a selfish performer in that like i'll just get stuck in my own head i'm just like doing what i want to do and kind of dial in and not focus on anyone else but Guy and Laura are both amazing improvisers and they both know how to make sure that everyone um, is connected and they're keeping things together. And so to have two amazing improvisers kind of like still keep me in the loop, I think that's what made that so, so good. Because if it was other comics who think the same as me, it would have been dismantled and disjointed mm-hmm. and it would never come together. And Laura's also an amazing musician. And so she was also able to make sure that all the beats were hit. They were like, nah, I just, yeah, I remember like, I remember thinking back and like looking at them both really focusing on getting a chorus and also making sure that that lead line going in was going to be dope. And then when she started, those the first couple of lines of the rap, she worked that really hard to make sure it was like, it was good. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Maybe it was easy for her. But for me, I was like, I could see her like trying to make sure it was, was, was good. And it was amazing. Yeah. Thank you. Does fame still scare you? Do you remember saying that at all? No, but I, 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 I still fuck with that line. Um, <laughs> I like the level of fame that I have now. On average, if I go out, I get about two people coming up to me saying, great stuff. I like what you do. Nice. Um, yeah. And that's like, that's dope. Yeah, that's so nice. That's so dope. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, and I think that's the right amount. Because yeah. it's not like, it's not enough for it to get like the novelty to wear off or it to be annoying. And also I'm not famous enough that people are like clamoring to go, I need to talk to you, I need to get a picture with you. Or, or so famous that they see me as like a, as like a thing that I have to, that they have to take a picture of yeah. to get like clout or do something like that. I'm yeah. like, I'm so glad I'm not that level and I don't want to be at that, at that level. And I think that's what I'm kind of scared of. That's the kind of fame that I'm scared of is that it like... I I went to Laneway last week. Oh yeah. And that that was the level of there was there was I think yeah a lot of people kept coming up to me and I was really cooked. Like my brain was going in different directions. <laughs> <laughs> and so now, that's where I'm like okay now oh, I'm kind of okay. scared of this. Now I and it kind of ruined my vibe a little bit in that like Oh, and like, and if, yeah, no, well, like, it just, it feels so lame to be like, oh, I gotta like hide and shit. It's like, no, I just wanna like be a cook. I just wanna be a, yeah, a cook. You're rolling unit. around at laneway and people are coming up to you. And, and rolling like, up and like, I'm so hot. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, yeah, I, I, I love attention, I love validation, but I also love being cooked. So <laughs> it's trying to find that right balance, yeah. which is sick. What's taking up your headspace at the moment? I, I think I'm still processing my breakup. 
I think I think that's taking up a lot of space in my head. I think I'm at a I'm at a point in my career where I'm going do you want to go for the next level? Do you want to start making those moves to get to the next level? Or do you want to stay where you're at? Because right now where you're at, you're really happy with where you, where you want to be. And I like the freedom and I like the being able to just lean into the art form and be creative and be an artist without the pressure of having to like really sell tickets and really start like making a name for myself and feel like everyone has to watch me to, um, to like get to that next level. Because I see some of my friends and I've hit that level and I'm like, that's a lot of pressure. And there's stuff when I look at it where I'm like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I just want to be here. But then I talk to my friends, and they're like, no, you constantly have to be chasing it. You have to constantly be trying to get to the next, to the next level. That's that's the goal. Because a lot of the a lot of the finances that I get at the moment are in the hands of other people. And so my career and my lifestyle and all of that is all still dependent on someone else, which means that it could just disappear at any moment. But if I keep focusing on getting to the next level, I get control over where my finances are coming from because people are coming to tickets for my show. Um, and so that's that's taking up a lot of my headspace. And I think it also takes up my headspace because I'm also questioning going, do I have the work ethic? Like, am I actually built to get to that to that next level? And so I keep asking myself that. And I think there's a lot of, like, denial <laughs> and a lot of, like, trying to, like, cover things up and try maybe, like... The whole saying that I want to be a creative and I want to be an artist is just like me being in denial that I don't want to put the work in the real place, which is, you know, tr like actually trying to be a successful stand-up. So, I don't know. I can feel my marketing. I haven't been, I haven't been good enough in my marketing the past couple of weeks for my shows, and I've got some of the biggest shows that I'm, I'm, I'm doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival in March, and I haven't done any marketing really for it. And I should be, but I can feel myself not wanting to do the marketing because I'm, I'm scared. I don't have a product to show people yet, and there's oh. and there's a lot of fear. Yeah, what do you think of that? <laughs> <laughs> I saw, I heard an oh, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's go. I don't even have to ask. I don't even have to ask. I can just be like, yo, what do you, what do you, what do you, what do, you do you do you fuck with that? Do you relate um, to that? Yeah, I, yeah, it's I get that. Yeah. You you know what's going on. Like you can't bullshit yourself. I know. That's that's so true, Shit. and I can't I can't bullshit myself. Yeah. I'm leaning into some new bullshit, which is going like, well, maybe you know what, you can just put stand up on the back burner and like look at like other things that you're kind of doing that's kind of well at the moment. Let's focus on that. How about you start like really work on your acting? <laughs> or how about like this directing thing? Maybe this could end oh, up yeah. somewhere else. Or maybe think about the longevity of voice acting. How do we make that better? Yeah. And so now I'm starting to ask myself bullshit questions oh, like yeah. that, and they're all questions to go. How can I avoid putting the work in, which is actually towards stand up? Because you know you're a stand up and you know a little stand up. Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to find other ways. You're like, look at this other stuff over here when actually you've got some big shows in Melbourne coming up. Yeah. 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 But I'm working. I'm like, I'm working really hard at it. And I think the show, this show is going to be good. I just don't know if there's going to be enough people to be able to, I, I just don't think I'm, I'm reaching the full capacity of people that could actually want to see it. Because I know that there's people out there, like it's, it's, I'm in such a weird space where like people know who I am and people recognize what I do, but they don't necessarily follow what I'm doing. And so there are just like... Yeah, but also you're not marketing what you're doing. Because I know. <laughs> I know. And that's, and that's why they don't know what I'm doing because I'm not marketing it because I'm afraid... Yeah. Oh, dear. <laughs>
So I'm just letting all these opportunities slip between my fingers. And I feel it's like sand. It feels, it feels like literal sand. And all the things are coming through, through my fingers. And then when I close my hand, there'll be nothing. What kind of stuff do you have to do for marketing? Post on my socials that I have to like, hey, I've got a show coming up. Please come to my show. But then I think the thing that's stopping me from there is thinking about people judging me and what I'm putting up on my socials and be like, oh my God, why is he doing this stuff? Cringe. Oh, cringe. The social media cringe. Gross. I get it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. And then I think by doing that, I ended up putting really forgettable marketing out there, which is just putting up the same kind of post. Like, hey, I'm doing a show next week. Hey, come through here. I find it so interesting that, I mean, I, I get it, but, you, you know, you will avoid doing like the marketing social media stuff. Hmm. And yet you will literally get on stage in front of a room of people. Like, I feel like that's so much more gutsy. That, that takes way more balls. Hmm. No, no. That, no, I love I love that. I have a passion for that. Mm. I have a passion for making people laugh in the room. Mm. I actually don't really like... Because I mean, like, the selling element you probably don't. I hate the selling yeah. element. Well, so do you have to do all of it yourself? No, I have, a, I have, I have management yeah, like, and I what? have like people there like to help me, but I don't know how to like, I don't know how to reach out. And I don't know how to ask. I don't know how to ask them. I just keep saying yes. Oh, uh, you better ask yes. for help. Yeah. Is that what the issue is? Yeah, I need. Um, yeah, I need to ask. I need to ask for help in that area. I'm good at asking for help, but just not in that area because I'm kind of. I'm just scared. I'm so scared of it. Yeah. Oh, she rushes. Please, if you listen to this, please come to my show. Um, if you want to come to my show, uh, I think it might be on like a link tree on my Instagram page, but that's it. So if you can figure that out, yeah, <laughs> please come. Yeah. Um, this <laughs> while listening, while listening to, while listening to this podcast, the last thing that I thought I'd be talking about was marketing for my social media. Why? No, that's, uh, re- it's, it's related. Just use chat GPT to do a social media. I'm going to ask chat GPT, Hey, what's a good social media strategy? <laughs> to sell, to sell, to sell comedy. Source, yeah, yeah sell totally. It's like a, you know, this is a prompt. Act like a senior marketing executive and create a social media plan to sell tickets to a stand-up show. Yes. yes. <laughs> generate friend. that. Generate that shit. Please. Make it less than <laughs> 50 words. Yeah. <laughs> Make uh, it understandable to a 15-year-old. <laughs> yeah. Target audience yeah. is 15. Okay. Uh, <laughs> how important is self-compassion and self-love for you at the moment? Well, what's self-compassion? Holding space for yourself, you have compassion for other people, you are doing the same but for yourself. Mm. I have compassion for myself, compassion for other people, and self-love. I think I do a lot of self-love. I think a lot of my I think a lot of the decisions that I make in my life uh kind of serve me by going, Do I does this make me feel good? Okay, do that thing. I do that. I do that a lot. I think I do I think I do um too much self-love. <laughs> <laughs> Which is like I feel like it's uh, such an answer that no one really says. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, I love myself too much. <laughs> I feel like everyone else is like, you know what? I should be like putting more time. But then I think I think that's the destructive part of it is just like I think I I just um yeah I let I let myself get away get away from it in terms of like the work that I actually need to do. I think self love for me is discipline. <laughs> yeah. I think self love for me yeah. is is being disciplined, and I'm not that right now. I'm not being disciplined right now. But I am leaning into doing things that make me feel good. And I think that's what self-love is to other people. So am I doing self-love that other people would enjoy? Yes. Am I doing the self-love that I actually need? No. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, the, the, the main discipline that I give myself is like deadlines and just making sure I hit my deadlines. But besides that, I'm not doing any like discipline to further my life or like the, you know, watch out for future me. Self-love is looking out for future me and I'm not really doing that right now. <laughs> Do you think that might change? I, I want it to change so bad. I want that to change so, so what, What's bad. it going to take? It's going to have to take reaching a rock bottom that will end up, I'll have to like look at myself and go, okay, are you going to keep doing this? And then I'll change. And that's what I was saying before, like, that's why rock bottoms are important for me because I don't learn a lesson until it really affects me. Which <laughs> <laughs> sucks. And it's because I'm so resilient. <laughs> you know, like little things that annoy me or like that don't work out. It's like, who cares? I can get through this. It's all good. I can tune that out. It's fine. But like, yeah. I'd have to, I have to really wait until it really hits me before I'll make a change. And that's something, that's really honest. <laughs> I appreciate the honesty. <laughs> at least, you know, you, yeah, you're honest with yourself, yeah, at least. Yeah, that's okay. Com you're not completely delusional. No, no, Delulu. <laughs> <laughs> do, you know, do you like that? You know that Delulu is the Salulu? Have you seen yeah, that? Yeah, Delulu is the Salulu. <laughs> that's, that's what I want my self-love to be. How spiritual would you say you are? I'm getting there. I'm surrounding myself with more spiritual people lately, and I enjoy it. I came from a background of Catholicism and Jehovah's Witness, so I'm like, I'm never going back to Christianity. <laughs> but I guess spirituality for me is um, a lot of the spirituality that Rick Rubin subscribes to. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess that's like that's probably like the level of spirituality that I kind of I kind of live with. Yeah, I guess. His thing was like talking about creativity and when like pieces of art or whatever, they come to life. If you don't create it mm. in that moment, it will arrive for someone else. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a living thing. Yeah. I love that. I love that so much. And I think spirituality also allows me to become more aware. I actually don't know what the heck spirituality is, but it's a vibe. <laughs> yeah. Spirituality hey, is a vibe to me. It's a vibe. <laughs> What's been the impact of hanging out with more spiritual people? It's accepting the bad parts of me more. That's what hanging out with spiritual people has really done for me. And I really appreciate that because I've spent so long trying to craft all the best parts of me because that's what stand-up does. You've got to be likable to get people to laugh. doesn't matter how good the joke is. If they don't like you, it's, yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. So I have just, I realized I've spent like, while doing stand-up, I've just been carving out the best version of me, the most entertaining version of me, the most bubbly, always fun. Got to make sure you're having a good time. And then it just got to a point where my friends who are more spiritual have been like, hey, have you tried accepting like the darker parts of you? Have you mm -hmm. started accepting like the shadows that, oh! that you are? Have you got, hey, do All you know somebody's done shadow work? Yeah, uh, a uh, little bit, uh -huh. I guess. Or like just like the, oh, okay, oh, yuck. I don't want to get into it because I, do, do, I don't know what okay. that, no, 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 I, I want to, but I'm just warning you, like, I don't know that well, so I don't want to be like saying shit that like yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. actually understand. Everyone's like, this idiot, <laughs> this idiot picked up some key words and now thinks he knows what this is. And it's like, look, I can only pick up how much I get from a two minute TikTok, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, are these not real people? This is like this is your algorithm. That's actual people. It's actual people. Yeah, shout out to my mate Jenny. She's she's very spiritual. She gives me a lot of this. Um, yeah, and so yeah, it talks a lot about like.
like um, uh, Carl Jung. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Talking about like um, yeah, all that all that shit. Oh, love that this shit. is good. Yeah. I love this for you. Get into yeah. it. It's, yeah, I love it. Yeah. And it's that whole thing of like, if you suppress the the darker parts of you, they come out more. Yeah. And like, they will find their ways out. I was talking about this. I was speaking about this with a couple of guests. We were talking about when we're triggered by behaviors on other people. Mm. It's usually because they're like triggering something in us, like a, a, a shadow that we don't allow ourselves to be. Mm. So. Yeah, I really, I really fuck with that. Mm. And I'm starting to notice, notice that. Notice that? Yeah, I'm starting to notice it as well. Yeah. And it's really nice to kind of have friends where I can lean into my shadow a bit more. Yeah. And they tell me things like, no, we appreciate that side of you more. Yeah. Then we actually appreciate the side that you think we want. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. Oh, thank you. All parts of you. That's all like whole, parts of me. Yeah. And that's the whole like self love, having compassion for all parts of you, even the like parts that we've been conditioned to reject. Mm. And I think that's why I've been really honest, like through all, through all of this, is because I realize if I'm honest, at least I am owning it in that way. If I'm honest with it, I don't, I can actually listen to what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Think about it more. Is there anything else we haven't spoken about that you want to talk about? Yeah, I want to talk about star signs. Are you interested in like astrology? No, I just I just know on the I just know on the on the podcast you 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 bring it up and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm ready. When I saw your birth date and I was like, oh he's a Sag. And he's a comedian, I was like, oh yeah, classic. Classic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It is. I was uh, talking to my mates and talked about how uh men will learn men will learn about star signs through through women. And that's kind of like how you get information on it. And uh, and that's how you know when a man's ran through. Yeah, totally. If a guy's talking all about star signs, like red flag. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I did the opposite. I was like, yo, I need women to understand. I need to like, be able to connect with women more. So I went online and I learned about this shit. And <laughs> I told my mate, like, no, no, it's the other way around. They're supposed to tell you. You're supposed to go, Come no, on, I don't know anything about this. And that's how you connect. Uh... It was really funny. I thought it was really funny that I... Spend all that time going like, oh, why? Why do I know this bullshit information? Was there anything in your research that you that stood out to you in star signs? Looking at your own birth chart, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah, like, like definitely. I think it's, I think it's crazy how I think it's crazy how like the you could attach self to the descriptions so well. But I think that star signs are the same thing. It was like personality tests where you're like, I'm doing this for fun. I'm doing this for fun and like guidelines and like realizing the things that I actually like about myself and I'll run with that yeah. rather than like taking it seriously, which I don't know. Do, do you take it? Do you take it seriously? Um, I don't like, not in a horoscopy sense, mm. but what I know like about my birth chart, it is like another, it is a personality, personality test. Mm. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's fun it's, and it's funny. Yeah. It's real funny. It's way more fun to do it with someone else. Then just by yourself in a room going, oh, yeah, heaps of girls like me after I learn this shit. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you're just like, bullet point, bullet point, bullet point. Okay, this is what makes me up. But then when you do it with a friend, then it's like, oh, you can laugh about it. And yeah. it's like actually fun. Like, yeah. yeah, it is fun. I think it's fun. Yeah. I'm into it. <laughs> Anything else? I'm so stoked I'm doing this podcast. I'm a, I'm a real big fan of this podcast. Thank you so much. That's um, so nice. I just want to tell you that I think it's really crazy that you've built – kind of like a reference sheet of where where Asian creatives are all at. And I think it's really, it's been really helpful for me to get like a base information of where the Asian community's at in terms of like creatives. Wow. Um, 
And I think that's really special because sometimes you can kind of get lost in your own head and you kind of can make assumptions through what people's work is and kind of like take from that your own assumptions of who they are or where the Asian community is at. But it isn't until you listen to this podcast that you realize, oh, no, I'm very similar to everyone else. And this is we all kind of are. We are all kind of going through the same thing. And it's it's really beautiful. So, I yeah. Thank you for making this podcast because I've had a really fun time listening to it. And I find it really interesting hearing the people that you can tell, you can tell like there are, there are like some interviews where I'm like, okay, this is like a, like a version of you you want to put out. And like, this is like how you want to be viewed. But then there are others where you're like, oh, this is how you actually are. And those are the ones that I really listen to. Like, and I think that's what I'm kind of like looking for in this podcast. Oh I'm like, as I've been just like, I've been just, I'm like, I'm just hoping that I'm an episode where I'm not like, I'm not just talking about like my background. Like, that's why I didn't want to talk about like my, my background and, and stuff. Mm. It's like, cause I just didn't want this to be like an autobiography of what I've been doing. I wanted to be able to give like a reference of like where I'm at as a, as an Asian creative so that other, so that I can add to your like library of, fucking awesome information i think you've totally done that we know where you're at now you've really shared a lot (laughs) (laughs) finish these sentences i'm feeling inspired by i'm feeling inspired by my friends my friends are mean and i love them and they're so smart and they're so cool and they're all so deep in their work and i learn so much from them even if they're not comedians and i love it i love all my friends i'm really looking forward to I'm really looking forward to seeing who I am at the end of this year and seeing where I end up because I don't know. I only know what I'm doing up until June. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that too. I'd love to be known for. I'd love to be known for my generosity. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone does that. Does this on this one. They're a little bit like... (laughs) I want to... I want to be known for my generosity and I want to be known as someone that passed all the information they knew to the next generation. David. Hi. Thank you so much for coming in. Thank you for having me. That's it. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening. This episode was made possible thanks to Foundation North, Creative New Zealand and Big Fan. If you like that, please rate, review and share the podcast and don't forget to sign up to the newsletter. The link is in the show notes. See you next time.